Hey everybody, welcome to the Wednesday, March 20th edition of Between the Horns. Miles Simmons here across the table from DeMarco Farr. How Better are you? stay across the table. Okay. Talking all that trash on Twitter. What trash? I don't know. I'm just, I'm fishing. You're definitely fishing. <laughs> anyway, it is just after 11 a.m. Pacific time here in Agora Hills, California, where we have two free agent signings yeah. to discuss today in linebacker Clay Matthews and quarterback Blake Bortles. Interesting. You ever made shepherd's pie? No. I'm going to make that tonight, by the way. That's okay. part of the menu. I just wanted to show you that. All right. So if you good. catch me looking at this while we're talking, I can hear you and I'm with you, but I have to figure this out. You got And you got to go to the grocery store later. I think I got everything. Okay. But this one actually has a flaky crust on the bottom. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Sounds so, complicated. A little bit. A little bit. Trying to be that guy at the house. Okay. That's yeah. cool. Super dad. Yeah. Come on now. Super dad. Yeah. Um, so first People reaction, asking though. me for money. So I figure if I keep serving them good food, they'll stop asking me for money. I see. Yeah. Well, do you think that Clay Matthews and Blake Bortles are going to feel that I way? I hope now so. That yeah. <laughs> now that they have their contracts um, with the LA Rams. First reactions to both. Uh, happy. Good stuff. Um, you know, feel bad for Mannion. Feel bad for guys that aren't here anymore or yeah. technically or whatever. Um, but Blake Bortles is an upgrade, in my opinion. He's got more starting experience than Jared Goff. Yes. You know, so, I mean, this is the way it should go when you look for – uh, veteran backup to support the starter, you can do a lot worse than the guy that's been the guy in Jacksonville for a while. No doubt. Um, I, I do want to start with Clay Matthews, though, oh, because yeah. he is really coming home like in mm-hmm. a lot of senses of the word. I saw a report last night that said, you know, he's got a house that's minutes from the practice facility in Thousand Oaks. And so, you know, he went to Agora High School, which is maybe five minutes from where we are sitting right now. You mm-hmm. know, he is a guy that went to USC and excelled there as a walk-on because he wanted to follow in the footsteps of his father and his grandfather, which I think is awesome. And so yeah. now you've got a guy who is another older veteran guy who, I don't want to say is ring chasing, but in a sense, it kind of, it. you know, this is a fit to be sure, Mm -hmm. but it also gives him a really good chance to win with a team that has had success. It's somewhat like the Eric Weddle signing, you know? Yeah, big time. Um, Look, like you said, right around the corner, smart. I I would expect him to ride a bike or walk to to work. You know, I mean, he's that type of guy. And this is funny. Um, If you're a Samson Ebicom, if you're a Dante Fowler, if you're an Oboe Orokoronko, I haven't said his name in a long time. Okoronko. Okoronko. If you're one of those guys, soak this up. If you want to learn the trade of linebacking, this is a guy that's been brought up in it. He was born when his his dad was still doing it. As a matter of fact, I blocked his dad in 1994. Wait, what? When he was in Atlanta. He was a linebacker in Atlanta when I was a rookie, and I think it was a safe punt situation right out here in Los Angeles. He was the first guy I ran up on where like, dude, this guy is like, I don't want to say old, but he's old. He's been doing this for a long time. I mean, like the uniform, the body, it didn't match the face. Like, wow, he looked looked like the Marlboro man, but he's been doing this forever. So if you want to learn everything that it takes to be a good linebacker, the ins and outs, the discipline, watch Clay Matthews. If you want to learn about the business of the NFL, his family has been in professional football since the 1950s. Yeah. Uh, if you want to learn about longevity, listen to this guy. What a treat to have around you. Now, realistic expectations. You're not getting the 25-year-old Clay Matthews. What you're going to get is 25 to 35 or 40 plays, give or take, of Clay Matthews football at outside linebacker. 
everybody's going to play. He's going to be out there playing. He's going to be rushing the passer. When you put your best four on the field to go after whatever quarterback you're going after, he's going to be the guy. But just like in Green Bay, there are going to be backups out there playing when he's on the bench. So you're going to get 35 snaps of one of the greatest linebackers, pass rushing linebackers we've seen in a long time. So soak this up. You know, I think what's really interesting right now is that what you just said, you have a guy who is a veteran and you don't want to probably get him out on the field too much, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about his snap counts, which I was looking up over the last few years that he's played. He was he started all 16 games for the Packers this last year, but he was on the field 71% of the time. Perfect. You know, that's probably what you're more in line with. And I think he still brings a lot to the table. You know, I've, like you said, he's not the 25-year-old Clay Matthews that was running out there with his hair on fire and got state farm commercials where you know the lady's like knocking the plate out of his hand you remember yeah, that i, I do i love that commercial. yeah yeah good stuff uh, yeah but i think <laughs> what you do get is a guy that as you were saying has the veteran presence he can teach these young linebackers how to do it right as a pro but i mean i was watching some of his tape from this last season and he can mm-hmm. still help you out in a lot of different ways oh, yeah you throw at him if you want. He's good in coverage. He's good in, in run stuffing two and away. Yes. Uh, and when it comes to an obvious passing situation, no matter where you put him, he's he's a guy that's active towards the quarterback. Here's the thing I like him. Uh, I like about him the best, and I think this is what separates him from everyone else in the National Football League. He does not stay blocked. Mm. Watch him. No matter what rush, whatever move he's throwing at the guy, no matter what the play is. When his assignment gets to him to block him, it doesn't stay on him long. Yeah. He frees himself. He finds a way to stay free and get to the football. Yes. That is the stuff you can't teach. Right. And that's the stuff that I think still shows up no matter how old you are. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you've lost maybe a hint of explosion that you used to have when you were a young pup, you can, if you're crafty enough to still yeah. do different things, you can get off blocks. And I think that's exactly what I was seeing, yeah. too. Ali with the fat hips. That's what I call it. You ever watch, like, Muhammad Ali from start to finish, like Cassius Clay all the way through when he had the mustache and got beat up? No. Okay, when his hips got wider, he got a little bit slower, but he was still dangerous because he would set traps. That's Clay Matthews. Hmm. He's not as fast as he used to be, or he maybe, I mean, if you put him in a in a controlled environment, he might be as fast. But, you know, you just can't play like you played when you're 25 years old. But pick your spots, key situations, when you need a pressure or – when you need a play, he's the guy that's going to make it or force somebody else to make it. So it can only help. Right. Uh, and I don't mind guys that are chasing rings, especially. And we talked about this. Go back and look or listen to old between the horns. We said if you were going to build a club like this or bring in free agent names like this, I'd rather it be on the defensive side than the offensive side. You can hire mercenaries on defense. Right. Offense, you need a program. You have that started. So you're right on the cusp. Keep your foot on the gas and keep bringing in more guys like this that want that West Coast one more shot at a ring mentality. Right, and so we're talking about Clay Matthews. He's going to be 33, Mm -hmm. right? And he's got a ring before. He Mm -hmm. won it with Green Bay and was a huge part of that. But I think, you know, just the consistency that he's shown throughout the course of his career as I feel like I'm channeling Sean McVay, Mm -hmm. because this is, I almost would assume that he's going to say something like this, right? You're talking about a guy who has never had a season with fewer than three and a half sacks, right? Mm -hmm. And those three and a half sacks, that, that came last year. So yeah. it's the lowest number of productions ever. In a crazy ever. year in Green Bay. Yes. Coach gone, Cobb gone, Jordy Nelson gone, now Clay Matthews. Uh, look, I, he's still as active. Got to the quarterback, what, 12 quarterback hits? Yes. Three and a half sacks. He's still getting there. 
But there was something screwy going on in Green Bay. I, I think we can so say that. So I think you can throw that year out as yeah. far as numbers. Right. And he also had seven tackles for loss last year. But yeah. if you go back to 2017, I mean, that's seven and a half sacks, a forced fumble, eight tackles for loss, 21 quarterback hits, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so it really was about the same amount of playing time as well, 71% of the defensive snaps in 2017 um, for Clay Matthews. And really, you could probably say it was more because he only played 14 games that year. I just think, on the way over, it's like, how many guys did he just cause to get their their ass just kicked on, on game day because they're trying to have the Clay Matthews hair but don't have the Clay Matthews game? If you're going to rock the main like that, you better be a bad dude. Yeah. You better be able to like get past people and get to the get to the passer. If you're just a dude with long hair, you're going to get your ass kicked. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a lot of preseason guys that got their teeth knocked out because they want to look like Clay Matthews. Yeah, how much do you think a guy like Clay Matthews when he's pl- when he's doing things in OTAs, training camp as well? can help a young offensive line that's going to be trying to integrate new starters? Uh, a lot, um, especially Rob Havenstein. And if memory serves, was he there? Um, I think Clay Matthews pretty much put an end to the Nick Foles era as, as a quarterback oh, here. Remember that man. game where he just absolutely tore through his chest? Yes. I can't remember who was blocking him. It mu- no, was it that Robertson? was. Was it, it Robinson Havenstein? Yes. Okay, a guy like Havenstein. That was 2015. That was week four or five. It must have been week five yeah. or week six because Todd Gurley had 150-some rushing yards yeah, in yeah. that game. Yep, and I went in thinking, oh, Sam Shields ain't blank and then he picked one i'm like oh, okay yes. <laughs> he is pretty good wow uh, but yeah clay matthews absolutely killed them that day so havenstein yes when you look at what havenstein struggles with it's guys like him hmm. these little tricky small linebackers that are just you know quick as cat you know what on linoleum so sure that can help him uh same with cat you know what on linoleum i can't Sorry, say I it it's I an know, old d-line really thing can't. uh but same with uh with whitfield Whitworth. You know, Whitworth. Oh, my God. Bob Whitfield, Whitworth. Whitworth, same thing. Um, guys that jant, that dance and jump around, That these smaller outside linebackers that seem to be all the rage, he can only help you because they're all watching him anyway. Right. Yeah, to emulate his stuff. Yes, yes. Okay, so I looked up the box score of that game. If anybody doesn't remember, it was 24-10. to 10. Uh-huh. Packers beat the Rams that day. And Nick Foles, the new quarterback in Jacksonville, was 11-30 of 30 for 141 yards, four interceptions, got sacked three times, only had one touchdown. Todd Gurley had 159 yards rushing. Yeah, yeah. And your quarterback threw four interceptions, and, and you lost. And Clay Matthews that day had one and a half sacks, uh, one tackle for loss, and four quarterback yeah, hits. So um, you recalled that game very well. Um, It was, look, Nick Foles, my opinion of him went up after that game, even – when you look at the box score, as bad as that is, because he took some shots and kept getting up. Yeah. There was one where Clay Matthews, I mean, squared him up, went right through his chest. And I'm like, there's no way this guy's getting up from that. And he rolled over and got up. So at least I know the guy's tough. Sure. Can't play under pressure, but at least we know the guy's tough. Well, the Rams won their next two yeah. games after that because they were playing the Browns and 49ers and then lost <laughs> right. a lot in a row. But I mean, yeah. that guy that we're talking about, Clay Matthews, yes. it's the same guy you're getting now. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit older. Yes. Yeah. Yes, no doubt. Um, I, so you, and basically I think we've kind of gleaned this th- throughout the course of this conversation, but you see him playing more outside linebacker than inside. I mean, he's shown that versatility in the past with Green Bay, but it seems to me that the Rams would get him to play outside. Uh, if I can talk him into playing some inside, absolutely. I'd okay. take him. Yeah. I, I, 
as of right now, I think he might be your best other inside outside of Littleton. Fair, yeah. He just got here. <laughs> you know, that's what he did in Green Bay. So if you need to flop him to the middle, I doubt if he's going to do that. But I, I would bet he's coming out here to rush the passer, which is great. Right. Yeah. Get to the get to the quarterback. But if you need a guy to go from outside to inside in the blink. He's the perfect guy. Sure. And, you know, as you said right now, I mean, the Rams do have definitely questions at inside linebacker mm-hmm. because reportedly they were still interested in bringing Mark Barron back at a lower contract figure, but then Mark Barron just signed a contract in Pittsburgh. So that's now off the table. So right now, I mean, as we sit here, your inside linebackers are Corey Littleton and then Micah Kaiser mm-hmm. because there aren't really any other inside linebackers on the roster. Both Bryce Hager and Rameek Wilson are unrestricted free agents. So mm-hmm. that's something that you have to think about is that, okay, if necessary, can Clay Matthews play inside? And I guess it's also important to clarify that, hey, we haven't heard from Clay Matthews, Sean McVay, Wade Phillips, Lesney, anybody quite yet on this signing. So that's just something. Well, if you're signing Clay Matthews Jr., you're signing him to do what he does best, which sure. is what we're talking about. The third. He's the third. Yeah. So the Clay Matthews you were talking about is his dad. Is his da- gets, is, I played is Clay against Matthews his uncle, too. I got a long history with, with the Matthews family. I do. They have a long history in the NFL. If Bruce Matthews has Super Bowl pictures like I do in my house, chances are I'm in one of them because we locked up a bunch. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I got history with them. But, yeah, if you're signing Clay Matthews the third, mm-hmm. then you're signing him to be a linebacker. Period. Uh, right. Outside, inside, that's what he does. So, and, but get Micah Kaiser's butt ready to play. Yeah. You know, compete for a job if you can. Um, but I, I would doubt if you're going to, I don't want to say waste him on those downs, but you want to use him as a pass rusher. You yes. know what I mean? You yes. want to use him to get after the passer, but eventually he's going to play and do what he does best, play linebacker. Uh, so I, I guess this is the next thing. Okay, we see him rotating with Samson Abukam then on that outside linebacker spot. Like, where does that leave a guy like Samson? Competing. <laughs> yeah, you guys do the same thing. Um, Fowler is going to be on the other side of you. Uh, Fowler is your basic – he's your defensive end. He's going after the quarterback pretty much – Every single snap. Yes. This guy is going to be the hybrid type. Sometimes you drop, sometimes you rush, which is what Samson does. So now you're going to be rotating with Clay Matthews. Let's see how many reps you can get. You can take from him. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think it's not. I don't want to say I'm I don't want to put Samson Abukam down in any way because I but I think that it's fair to say the Rams need more production from the edge in terms of getting after the passer. You want to be honest? Okay, if if Samson had, if he played a little bit better last season, you don't make this move. If there's no need, you don't go get the need. You don't get a guy like this. Right. You know what I mean? So there's obviously still a need here, but he's going to be in the rotation. Well, and I think you also are giving Samson Abukam a chance to develop, right? This is going to be his third year, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you hey, if you can really show what you can do this season, then next season it it makes it that you are a bigger part of things, if that well, makes sense. I'll just say this, man. If you have designs on being the highest paid outside linebacker in the game, and that should be everybody's thought going into your first, second, third, fourth year, right? Right. If you can beat out Clay Matthews, you'll make yourself some money. Let's just say it that way. Right. Yeah, if Clay Matthews is on the roster with you and you become a 16-game starter with him on the roster, out-sack him, out-produce him, out-quarterback hit him, you're going to get paid. No doubt. Now, good luck trying, because <laughs> this is one of the best. 
But now he's in your room with you. You're going to have to compete with him. We're going to have to compete with him, but I think you also are going to want to learn from him. And Absolutely. He, yeah. But and you know, the more you can learn and the more you can do, the better off the Rams are going to be in general. You ever seen that dude? Let's go, champ. His name is Shannon uh, Shannon Briggs. He's a boxer. He followed around Vlad Klitschko for years trying to call him out to fight. And he would always show up at restaurants. The guy would be surfing. He'd show up on a boat screaming, let's go, champ, let's go, champ. Is this a tele... Like, this sounds like a television show. It, kinda. It, it's it's on the internet. I mean, this guy really stalked another man trying to get a fight with him. It's the funniest stuff ever. You will laugh your butt off. But that's how I would be with Clay Matthews if I was Samson Ebocombe. Okay. Everything you do, I'm going to do. Everything you eat, I'm going to eat. How you train, I'm going to train. How you rush, I'm going to rush. I'm going to do everything you do because you're who I want to be. I want to be in this league. Look, Clay Matthews is going into year 11. Yes. he And I think he's halfway through his dad's career. I know. So if you think Clay Matthews is about to cycle out of the NFL, you don't know the Matthews family very well. So right. soak all this up. Right, right. And I think the other thing is when you're a pass rusher, and I think we talked about this last week, we've seen it now across the league, right, with guys like Terrell Suggs, guys like Dwight Freeney, mm -hmm. Julius Peppers. How's that for an answer? You get Suggs, 49ers get D Ford, you get Matthews. Yeah. Ha-ha. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You still know. You still have to stack, and oh, you still yeah. got to be the team to beat in your division. But – if you've got a guy, you when you have guys like that who continue to show, look, if you're a pass rusher and that's your specialty, mm -hmm. you can be around in this league for a very long time and still produce. <laughs> if you have a good offense to back you up, which you have here, yes. If you have enough good backups at your position to where they can play rundowns for you, yeah. Then it goes to a whole new level. Oh, and by the way, you've got Aaron Donald. Yeah. Makes the things a whole lot easier it to sure get to does. the passer. It oh, sure yeah. Does. Makes everything defined for you. Yeah. Julius Peppers had five sacks last year for the Carolina Panthers. Did I you know. Not? Crazy. That's ridiculous. Aaron Donald had 41 quarterback hits. The next guy had less than 20 here. That doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. So, and no outside linebacker here had more than six, including Fowler. And that was only a half a year. So, and Aaron Donald still with that. Remember, that's your best weapon. Still had a record-breaking season, right? Yeah. So now add some more on the outside with Fowler. It just makes Aaron Donald that much more unblockable. It, it which does. Which is the point of all this. Exactly. And I think we, we kind of touched on this last week, too. When you have guys who are going to be there throughout the off-season program it, and training camp and all that, it, it's going to help the chemistry develop because yeah. you're not learning each other once you're already out on the field You know, in week nine like it was last year with Fowler. True. Everybody learns everyone's steps, where they're going, <clears throat> and the plays and terminology. Just makes you that much quicker on the field. I didn't get to see it last season. I thought you might have with Sue and Donald. You might get it this year if Fowler and Matthews and Donald are going. You may get a guard to call timeout. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I, I thought it would happen last year. You may get a guard stand up and go, wait, I can't do this. <laughs> I need you to slide this way. No, we can't. We got Matthews over here. That means I got Donald by myself. Yep. Time out. <laughs> Coach, let's talk about this. Yeah, That's funny. Hey, maybe you will. Maybe it'll happen. Right. But that's what you want. You want to induce those kinds of things. You want right. these quarterbacks that have to call timeout because they're like, I don't want to do Not with a this. quarterback, a guard. <laughs> Coach, <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> uh, do you see the Rams doing more to address their defense before the draft? Uh, you mean in free agency? Yeah. Uh, this signing like 
some of your restricted guys. Is Troy Hill still out there? Troy Hill is still restricted, he's, and he's not. He's uh, not out there. Um, I, mean, I mean, he he is signed. Uh, excuse me, he has been tendered. So you know, all the all four of the whoo, easy for me to say there. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I all, said Whitfield. So I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, all four of the Rams restricted free agents. So Malcolm Brown, Troy Hill. Um, oh goodness! Malcolm just got signed. I thought Malcolm. Yes, and yeah. we'll get to that. Malcolm did sign an offer sheet. So to the Detroit. Rams, yes, okay. and the Rams still have a few days to either match or not match that. But all of those guys, Corey Littleton included, have been tendered. Wow. So they that means that they you know the Rams have right of first refusal. Blake Countess is the fourth. I have to go back through uh, the only guy that jumped out, and it would have been cool if it happened for a minute, but then. I think after that day, it would have been probably not worth it. We'll see. Vontez Perfect. Uh, you need a linebacker. You did need a linebacker. Uh-huh. He was available. I'm like, okay, the guy can definitely play inside. Uh, yeah, he's a thumper. He'll he'll knock your teeth that. out. He's yeah. He's he's an aggressive type player. Um, You're being generous by calling him simply aggressive type player. Very, very, very. Because uh, Sue just left the building. Uh, right. Okay, so aggressive type player, and okay. you have a need there, um, but he's perfectly at home with the Raiders. Yeah. That, that fits. Uh, yes. But as far as everyone else, um, no. Uh, I, I, I think you're good, and you can fill in through the draft. I think you've got a good blend of vets, young guys coming in, and if you add some rookies, and if you hit the the top of the draft well, some of these guys can come right in and be in rotations immediately. So I, I think you're okay going in. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you, and I think part of that is because the Rams have set themselves up well um, by drafting apparently pretty well in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you think about John Franklin Myers and what he was able to contribute, you know, in – uh, the regular season in the Super Bowl, being able to sack Brady and things like that, he could step into a role. Say, if you want to put Brockers at nose, I think that John Franklin Myers can come out there and probably start at five technique, and he's he's has the ability to do that. Maybe step into that larger role. Sebastian Joseph Day is a guy who's big. He looks the part. We really haven't seen him on the field yet because he was he was blocked basically the entire year last year. So. Mm-hmm. As long because you have you have those guys in the building already, I think it's at least worth seeing if they can step up and contribute in the way that you need them to do. Oh yeah, yeah. This is when Sean McVay leans on his coaches because mm-hmm. we've got guys and we need to get them ready to play. So I'm looking at you, coaches, get these guys ready to play, just like Aaron Cromer, get Joseph Noteboom ready to play. Exactly. Uh, so that's the way that's going to go. Um, but I think where if you're looking long range. Just team building. I think the one thing you really did was kind of supplement your cornerbacks when you got Tlaib and you got Peters. Right. Uh, that wasn't through the draft. That was through a, a, a different avenue. So if there's some corners out there thinking of the future in the draft that she would like that need a couple of years or maybe a year to develop, this could be your time to fill those those lanes out. Yes. Um, linebacker, I think, uh, I think you can mix and match there for a while. You know what I mean? With veteran guys and I go agree. that way. But as far as corners, I think you could start filling out those ranks with some some top flight guys through the draft. Yes, yes. And that could be something that they address at 31. It yeah. could be something that maybe, you know, if Les need trades back, as I think a lot of us expect, um, and you get a, a pick in the second round, a couple picks in the second round, that's something that you could yeah. maybe address there too. Don't you remember, God, were we were on the bus or we were right there on the, on the sidelines of the Coliseum when Tlaib and Peters were both banged up? Mm-hmm. During a game, and your strength became 
It was against Green Bay when Aaron Rodgers was here. Didn't you lose somebody? Um, and they started shooting at Troy Hill. I think that one well, of those games. That game, the game where both of those guys went down, was the Chargers in Week Three. Maybe that was it. Well, I mean, if, but I mean, Marcus Peters came back like really quickly from right. that injury. And so, yeah, that was in the part of the year where it seemed like he was struggling. It got a little, a little scary, bit. and yeah. didn't you have to? I thought there was a game where you had to rotate Roby Coleman out to outside the numbers. I think there for was. a few snaps, and I can't remember exactly which game that was offhand. And I yeah. think I wrote down okay depth at corner. Now, mm-hmm. if you can throw a second round or you know a guy that's that's going to be the guy like a John Johnson the third, but at corner, right? He's going to be the guy eventually at depth at corner. To supplement those guys. I think that's where I'd be looking. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with you there. All right, let's get into uh, Blake Bortles a little bit. Because yeah. this, I think, is a good move. And you said it at the top of the show. He's a guy that really does have more starting experience than Jared Goff, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he led a team last year to the AFC Championship game. Helped lead a team. I like to put it that way. But, you know, obviously things did not work out necessarily for Blake Bortles in Jacksonville the way they intended. But I think... If you're the Rams and if you're Blake Bortles, this is a really good fit because it is somebody who has that experience and can come in and can at least run the offense for you. No doubt. Um, What was his name? Nathaniel Hackett, the O coordinator that was let go in Jacksonville uh, in October. There's something weird going on in Jacksonville, just like Green Bay. Sure. Around the head coach. So you kind of have to throw last year out. And you know how people felt about Blake Bortles down in Jacksonville when we were there? I I do. They weren't shy about telling you. So I think that had just run its course. But when you watch the guy play, when you just turn the internet off, turn Twitter off, and just watch the film of Bortles, the guy is athletic. He's crazy athletic. Mm. He's got some jump. He's got a pretty good arm, a really good arm. Um, There's a lot of things that he does well. But to me, this is my thought, it just seems like he read half the book. You know, mm-hmm. about being a quarterback. There's something missing. There was uh, a, a a higher education that he needed to take him to the next level. I don't think that was going to happen in Jacksonville. Maybe that happens here with McVay as the backup. Right. But the guy can do everything. Right. You know what I mean? I, I think when you're talking about backup quarterbacks, that's one of the things that you want is that athleticism. And I remember when he was coming out in the draft in 2014 – the comparisons at that time seemed to be like Ben Roethlisberger, right? Yeah. Somebody with size, somebody who has mobility, somebody who can make the throws. Um, and so now when you're a backup, I think having that mobility is very important because a lot of times, you know, things can break down and they're trying to get after you because like you are the backup football? quarterback. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. you know, hopefully that's the only time we see Blake Bortles in 2019. Um, but when you have something like that, it's just helpful to be able to make plays with your legs and sort of create. Well, I just remember, I mean, when you're getting ready to play him and who needs to step up and the guys that we usually talked about were those defensive ends because of how mobile he was. Keep him in the pocket. Um, and if you mix up your coverage, you have a chance to fool him, which does happen. He is a a high pick guy. Uh, That was part of the frustration in Jacksonville. But the who and the why, like, why are you looking this way? And why are you missing this throw? That's the stuff I would love to be in the room with McVay Hmm. and him. So he can kind of deprogram what he's learned and learn some new stuff. Yeah. It shocking, man. I was shocked at my position. How many guys couldn't play out of both stances, basic stuff. And then you'll ask them about it. And they were never even it was never brought to them. Sure. Like you just opened their mind by saying, Hey, are you looking at the ball? No. Why? 
well, it'll help you get off faster. <gasps> really? And you're like, dude, you're learning that in the pros, but you can't be shocked by that. Mm -hmm. Some guys are just crazy athletic and that's how they got by. Now you need to learn how to become a better pro. I don't think that was going to happen in Jacksonville. I think that has a chance to happen here. I think it's one of the biggest reasons why Blake Bortles wanted to sign with the Rams in the first place. Mm -hmm. So we did get a chance to visit with him um, after he signed the other day. And so I, I asked him, you know, just basically why L.A.? What, how excited are you to work with Sean McVay? And so he said, I think as a quarterback, there's not really anybody else you'd rather be around if you had your pick. What he's done, the people that have been taken out of here in L.A. for head coaching jobs and O.C. jobs in other places, I think is a testament to how good he is at what he does and how good of a teacher and a coach he is. And when you watch the Rams play and kind of the effort and intensity that they play at speaks to the type of head coach he is and how he gets the guys going. Oh, yeah. So, you yeah. know, wanting to work with somebody like Sean McVay is a big deal for a free agent quarterback and especially one where, you know, if you're Blake Bortles, mm -hmm. this is probably one of the best jobs in America for you because you get to work with one of the best and the business at coaching, right? You get to live in Los Angeles and do all, you know, have all the perks that come with living in Southern California and you get to be a backup quarterback you know, you don't have to get hurt, and you're still getting paid by your former team. Oh, no doubt. And you're one hit away from being the starter. Yes, that too. <laughs> right. You're 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 one hit away from being that guy. Yeah. Uh, so this is the way. This is where you want to be as long as you come in and get ready to compete. Now, can't wait to get a look at him up close. But you know, we're giving all the credit or giving credit to the Matthews family and that lineage. On a smaller scale, the Bortles family is the exact same way. Crazy athletic family. This He's been brought up to be this sort of guy. So, like I said, it just seems like he only got half the book, took that and ran with it, and became something special. Now, I, I hope this will be the piece he needs to get over the hump and be the quarterback that I guess he was drafted to be. Sure, yes. And it's interesting because Jacksonville's history only goes back to 1995. You know, it's a nascent franchise mm -hmm. in many, many ways. Mm -hmm. the, he is one of the top quarterbacks in that franchise's history. And I think that that's, there's still something to say for that. You know, despite yeah. how what people want to say about Blake Bortles and, you know, you have the Twitter account with the Bortles facts. That is humorous. And then, you know, you have people going on television and trash game, what, it, all these different things. I think that there is something to be said for the fact that he is a human who was the quarterback of a team that went up to New England and really had a chance to defeat the Patriots in the AFC Championship game in 2017. Oh, no doubt. And we know how tough that is to beat the Patriots. Yes. Right. We've, we've seen that before. Yes. Um, it, it, he's just been so up and down. Uh, there was a year where he had 35 touchdowns, right? Mm -hmm. uh, where he looked like, okay, he finally found something. The next year he regressed. So all that up and down gets guys fired. I think that's what happened. Um, so that era, that window has closed for him. Uh, Jacksonville is going to do whatever they think is possible to keep that window open. But obviously with him, it had just become too much in Jacksonville. A change was needed. Yes. Um, so, I mean, like you go through here, who knows? You, you, you rehab your, your image some. You get that Sean McVay shine a little bit. Who you might become a starter someplace else. It's very true. Yeah. You know, we've seen how many people keep getting head coaching jobs. Right. So why not, you know? Absolutely. It, it certainly could happen for him. Um, I think what is interesting, though, too, is, you know, he's going into a different role as a backup quarterback, right? Yeah, it's, you don't have to answer questions. Yes. <laughs> that's one thing. Yeah, you could be, you could just have fun. Right. The, some of the craziest guys, you want to punch them in the face while it's happening because... 
you're a starter, and it's brutal in November, December when you're not going to the playoffs, right? Yes. But your backup quarterbacks really don't do anything at practice but stand there. So they would just have – they'd bring golf clubs to practice. You know, they'd mess around with the video guys. What? It, it, what do they do? They're not doing is, anything. Well, yeah, that's, that's part of probably why you're not a very good football That's what team. I'm saying. Yeah. They, they know. We're not, I'm not getting hit. I'm getting paid like everyone else. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with the team. I'm not with the team. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, those crazy guys. You get to be yourself. You can just – Kind of relax and work on your craft and not have to worry about the nonsense. Let Jared Goff handle that. He's the starter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, it is interesting, though. He and uh, Jared Goff and Blake Bortles are friends. So they've trained together in Orange County. They have the same agent. That's how they initially got hooked up. And so it, it's really it, it's interesting that now you're going to have these guys who are friends, but they're going to be professional partners. And, you know, again, that's another reason why Blake Bortles kind of wanted to at least research L.A. L.A. was his first stop. And so, uh, you know, I asked him just about being a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I think I was fortunate in Jacksonville to have Chad Henney there with me for four years. And I think watching him play the role that he did was as good as you can do it. And obviously it's a new spot and a new role for me to play, but I've had the kind of exposure to what I think is how it's supposed to be done. And I look forward to being that for Jared and, and being there, whether it's supporting him or hyping him up or being truthful to him, whatever I can do to help him is kind of what you're there to do as the backup guy. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. Help him uh, with his reads, help him with his notebook. You know, you're playing against basically the same guys. The same guys are trying to take your head off, just like they're trying to take Goff's head off. Mm-hmm. So, hey, look, this guy, is, he, I can hard count him to death to get him to hold. This guy over here has a bunch of different tells. Yes. You've never seen him before, but I have. Little things that can help the starter be better. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think when you have somebody who has been a starter and then is in that role, it and I mean, and I don't mean this to put Sean Mangan down, but it's probably a lot easier for that to happen and like to to have confidence in that yeah. than it is when you have a guy that you just have drafted and you know kind of developed in the shadows for three to four years and then you'd have to rely on him coming in into yeah. the backup role. Uh, I'll be sparring partners don't make good contenders. They're used to getting beat. That's what I think good backups are. You know, guys that are groomed just to be the backup. Interesting. Yeah. You, th- I really like that saying. Yeah. I mean, it's but this is a former starter who knows what it's what it takes to be out there and what it's like to be out there. So this right. is a little bit different. As far as I mean, like Kurt Warner is a Hall of Famer. Mark Bolger went to the Pro Bowl a bunch. Jared Goff has been there what two years in a row. Yes. Uh, this could be the best quarterback room they've had in years. Since Warner and Bulger were in the same room. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, That's how competitive or that's how experienced both guys are. I mean, Nick Foles, Case Keenum, and Sean Mangan doesn't rate on that list. I mean, let me move on. I'm for some seasons, yes. You know, didn't we go up to Seattle and get beat by Charlie Whitehurst once? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that happened. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you mentioned this earlier, too. Malcolm Brown signed an offer sheet um, with the Detroit Lions. And so now the Rams do have basically until the end of the week in order to make the decision as to whether they will match that offer or let him walk and, and go to Detroit. And now there have not really been details released from Detroit on what that offer sheet is. So it's sort of hard to handicap how the Rams might see it and look at it. But the way I always think of it is you look, if you're signing somebody to an offer sheet, you want to make that contract a little bit prohibitive for the team to match it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So in that way, I kind of expect that the Rams won't necessarily match it. 
I'm not, I'm not reporting that. I don't have any information to definitively say that, but I think just based on the way restricted free agency often works, I, I think we may have seen the last of Malcolm Brown in a Rams uniform. Could be. Uh, God, I remember going through this as a player and hearing the other side of it and, you know, talking to the guy a year after he left us, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk then. Uh, all I knew is the next season he was on that football team. And then I hear, if they would have made it close, I would have stayed. Like, hey, man, where, why didn't you stay? Well, if they would have made it close, I would have stayed. So for Malcolm Brown, I would say take the money. <laughs> take Absolutely. The, take the money, number one. Always. Uh, but terms of usage, how do they plan to use you up there? If they're just throwing you a couple of extra bucks because they want you, but you're going to be used in the same way, I might take the hit to stay here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I mean, this, this, we have a plan for Malcolm. They, they respect Malcolm. You know what Malcolm can do, and you know what this offense is about, right? There's no new learning for you. Come here and play. If it's a few bucks less here or there, but by all means, take the cash. That's what it's about. That's what this business is about. But I would also look at the use, the usage too. Well, I mean, at this point, they it, have a chance to start there. Do you have a chance to start here? Probably not. Right. Makes sense. I, I, yes. Yeah. And I think that's probably what he weighed in order to sign that offer sheet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll see what happens, but I think, you know, in a perfect world, yes, the Rams probably would like Malcolm Brown back in order to be that guy behind Todd Gurley, who as the conversation has been all offseason, can spell Todd Gurley when needed and, you know, maybe take some of that wear and tear off of the knee. But also when you're talking about Malcolm Brown, and he was only playing 15% of the snaps. Mm. I think no matter what, for the Rams backup running back next season, that's going to increase to somewhere to 20 to 25%, I would have to assume, you know? Probably, yeah. Right, and yeah. I think in a perfect world, you want Malcolm Brown to be that guy because he showed you how good he can be because he averaged nearly five yards a carry last year. No doubt, uh, in, in a sledgehammer-type role. Yeah. Uh, a true thunder lightning, right? And he sledgehammered the crap out of Detroit's defense before he got injured, and like I think it's kind of funny that they are the ones to sign him to the offer sheet. What if you let Todd be the boom? And McVay says... I want one of those little hybrid types coming out of college as a running back. Maybe. <laughs> you know I mean, I mean? no, but yeah. you, do you already have one in John Kelly? You do. You do. But, but I, I don't know. I, yeah. do, but do you know if you have one or no, not? No, no. I mean, I mean, I, you, you sure. have that sort of ability is what we're saying. I mean, there's going to be competition at running back now, obviously. And yes. I, I think you have to – I would say it's a DEFCON 3, you know, it's Which is the bad DEFCON one? Or one, five? you're at war. Okay. Five is complete peace. I'd, I put it at three. Okay. With, so with everything surrounding Todd, there are question marks, right? I think I would put that at three. So that's going to be a competitive area going into camp. It should be. Yeah. So either free agents, CJ, guys that, are already, guys that we know, or guys that are about to be drafted, or street free agents coming in competing for jobs for backups. I think that's going to be important. I think that if Mal if the Rams do not um, decide, if the Rams decide to not match this contract that uh, that Malcolm Brown has signed with Detroit, then I think the the percentage chance of C.J. Anderson returning to the Rams definitely goes up, like by a lot. Probably, probably. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, we still got a long way to go with this, right? With some of these guys. No doubt. We Find, had six months until yeah, opening day. Finding jobs. Um, as of right now, and this is probably what you're evaluating, these veteran guys that you know versus guys that you don't know. 
you know, I I think I'd rather take a look at this guy long term. I think he'll be fine. Or I don't like anybody from this point in the draft on. I'd rather go with the veterans. Right. Or everybody stinks. Give me Malcolm Brown back. I don't care what it costs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's something that you just have to think about. I mean, because with a guy like CJ, you know that he at least has the ability to come in and run your offense and run it at a high level. Right. So that's at least a, yeah. a bonus there. I'll, funny. You and I, we can go back a little bit. Um, would you rather have the, I guess... The 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 known in C.J. Anderson or the potential in an Isaiah Pede? Yeah, right, right. The potential boy, did he look good coming out? Right, sure. It just did not translate, and it didn't work out. It didn't yeah. work out at all, right? And then you had to restock that position constantly. Right. So that's what you're going through in those draft rooms right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the known quantity sometimes can be better, especially with a team with super for a team, I should say, with Super Bowl aspirations. Right. Yeah. 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 I think I'd rather go with the known as long as that known is something I can trust that's going to stay together. And and a guy that could be my bell cow back if that's the way it falls, because that's how it became towards the end of the year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I always like the saying, you know, there are known knowns, unknown knowns, known unknowns and unknown unknowns. You know? Wow. Yeah. I got a headache from that. Yeah, yeah, that was you pretty can, cool. Yeah, but you get, yeah, but there are always. I mean, like you have these known things. You know, there's this the stuff that you you know, you know, the stuff that you don't know, you know, the stuff you know but you don't know that right. you know, and then the stuff you don't know. Uh, what did I tell my daughter getting ready for school? Peanut butter and jelly and bread. You can always feed yourself. It'll always be there. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Put it in the cabinet. It'll always be there. That is the known. Yes. I'm starving to death. I don't want it, but I, at least I can eat it yes. and, and get, you know, nourished for get the day. Some, get some yes. sustenance. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I, there's this mailbag question that was put out to us, and I, I, want, I don't necessarily want to address it in mailbag mailbag, but I do want to address it a little bit. But part of it is difficult because we just have not, you know, get, gotten to talk to these guys and gotten to know them at least a little bit yeah. ourselves. But, you know, Eric asked, what, what impact do Eric Henderson, new defensive line coach and new tight ends coach Wes Phillips have on the team for their individual units? Uh, and it's, it, it's we'll tell you soon. We got to see him on yeah. the field. Yeah, yeah, I, I can uh, I can tell you that um, he's coming from the Chargers. Eric Henderson. Henderson yes. is. Yeah. Uh, well, his D line was there was the strength of the team. Right. Yeah, th- that was a problem trying to block all those guys, and not just because they were big or, you know, crazy talented. They were really really disciplined in what they did, and they were crazy talented. So if you can get some of that here, with the players you already have. Absolutely. Right. I mean, it's part of why, you know, Sean McVay decided to replace Bill Johnson mm-hmm. because they want that kind of production out of the defensive line. I mean, like the, the, the run defense in the regular season was porous. They gave up 5.1 yards per carry. It was the entire point of discussion going into that Dallas Cowboys game. And did they tighten it up? Absolutely. But I think you just want better production over the course of the season. And so, yes, that's something that you hope Eric Henderson can bring. Yeah, younger guys. I mean, uh, guys that are going to get it. Guys that are – some of these guys that are going to start next year are going to be on their first starts. First, second, and third starts. You know what I mean? Yeah. They haven't done this very long. So – the coach is still very, very important on the sideline. So you want a guy that can teach new methods and teach guys how to get to the football and stay disciplined at the same time. Watch that tape of any Charger tape and watch when you have both Bosa and, and Ingram out there at the same time. Those quarterbacks have issues. Those tackles have issues. You know yes, what I mean? Yes, no the, doubt. They're really good at casting a wide net and running guys into it. So 
if you can get those same developments like McVay does on offense on your defensive line, Gordon towards the quarterback, it only makes you better. Well, and I think for Wes Phillips, you know, when you're talking about a tight ends coach, it, it's good to have somebody that Sean McVay knows and has worked with in the past. And and Wes Phillips did a pretty good job with Jordan Reed over there in Washington. Jordan mm-hmm. Reed has developed into one of the better players in the league. A big part of that too was Sean McVay. We know that, but I, I think. You know, to say what what do we know that they can bring to their individual? It's just so early, and yeah. the, you don't have the players even in the building right now, basically. And if they are, they can't talk football because of the CBA. So, like that is sort of the dynamic. It, it's hard to tell at this point, but we'll we'll know more soon. I remember, man, getting ready for the Super Bowl and watching Gronk and how they use Gronk, mm-hmm. and then going back and watching. Um, watching um oh my god uh <laughs> Gerald Everett yeah and and how they play here and I'm thinking if there is ever going to be a pro bowl tight end coming from this football team that is going to be one bad SOB because of how you're being used here he's engaged with defensive ends almost more than Whitworth on run plays mm. I mean they mm. ask a lot of their tight ends they do yeah you need to block like a tackle and run routes like a receiver yeah if the best tight end in the game comes out of this offense. That is a bad mo. Yeah, mf. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Cut that. Mo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a bad dude. That's yes, what I'm saying. Yes, so, thank you. <laughs> if anybody can help that position get better or just be a little bit better for what he's being asked to do, so be it. Right, right, right. Um, also, uh, before we get out of here, shout out to Mike Trout for a four hundred thirty million. Why are we shouting Mike engine? Trout out? Because We're I think it's cool, man. We're not seeing a penny of that $430 million. Listen, can you imagine being that good at baseball? Like, you have an argument that you are the greatest baseball player of all time, and you just broke the record for a contract, not not just, you know, by a little bit, by $100 million after Bryce Harper just said it if oh, I, two weeks before. If I could have been anywhere in the world when that news broke, I would have like to have been with like Barry Bonds or Ken Griffey Jr. Now we're paying four hundred thirty million dollars. Now we're doing it. Really, the best player in baseball gets that much money. Wow, that sucks. It's an extreme amount of money. It's like thirty, almost thirty-six million dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. I saw that and I couldn't believe it. I, I just, it was so because you it's just an everyday game, man. And that guy is good every. In day. No, I yeah. know. But it's also now, okay, like if you're the Angels, right? Don't you have to do more to put more around him? Because you're spending so much money on one guy and you're already still paying Albert Pujols until he's going to be, I think, 41, 42 years old in like 2020 or 2021. You've got to do more. Because you're you if can you've afford got, to put more guys out there with you, that much money. You have to, right? Because yeah. or you just got to draft and develop the best guys. Because I mean, think about it. We've seen Mike Trout in the postseason one time, and the Angels got swept. Right. They've made the playoffs one time in the Albert Pujols era in Anaheim or whatever they're called now. <laughs> but, and they got right. swept. So you know what I'm saying? Like I just think it's so interesting. When you have that guy, when you have a player who is the caliber of that guy and you don't get to see him in the postseason, do you remember the articles that kind of came out last year or two years ago about, well, Mike Trout doesn't do enough to market himself, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, neither do the Angels because right. they don't put him in position to be in the postseason. Oh my gosh. Why do we know about Aaron Judge so much? A, because he's, he's a New York postseason. Yankee. <laughs> B, because he's in the biggest media market in the United States. But C, because yeah. we have seen him perform in the postseason. And he's huge. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He looks like a linebacker. Didn't 
you see him on the sideline that one time? Yes. Yeah, it was easy to pick him out. It was. Yeah. He was taller than everybody else. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that's so, funny. But um, congrats, man. I mean, uh, look, I, I hope this causes other sports like football to raise with their pain. You would like to think so. Yeah. That would have to mean the salary cap goes up too. Wow. I wonder if the first $200 million football player has born yet. Probably. You think so? Yeah. What grade is he in? Eighth? No. Can't be that close. I think it might be. Eighth grade now? I mean, that's what? That's six years away? Yeah. Okay. $200 million, A quarterback. Yes. Got to be a quarterback somewhere. Is yes. In the eighth grade is going to be the first $200 million yes. guy. Yes. Wow. Yes. I, I, I think, I don't see Or maybe see he's why already not. in a uniform. So maybe I'm he's already he playing. Could be, he could be already be in the league. Wow. You know? Wow. Yeah, I, Russell Wilson said he was going to break the bank. Probably, probably will. Doesn't that make you nervous when the guy says he's going to break the bank? It should as yeah. a team. Just, I, I, but that's, <laughs> but that's the that's that's the interesting thing about quarterbacking, right? What if Seattle I mean, says, "Oh, really?" <laughs> <laughs> well, then it's going to be Seattle's problem because you're letting that guy walk out of the building, right? True. I mean, this is what Kyler Murray was talking about at the combine when somebody asked him, "Does seeing the Bryce Harper contract give you pause?" And he said, not really, because there are quarterbacks making more money than that a year. And I think a part of that is like, okay, somebody like, I think both the journalist and Kyler Murray might be misreading each other a little bit. Yeah. You know, like obviously baseball contracts are fully guaranteed. So, you know, we're talking about Mike Trout. He's going to get that 430 million no matter what. But if you're a quarterback and you're a top tier quarterback, you're going to make more money playing football than you would as maybe an average center fielder. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. Think yeah. about the the there's a deal I just saw, Alex Bregman, third Ooh, baseman for the point. Astros. He just signed for a hundred million. Yeah. So if you are Kyler Murray and you end up being a great quarterback in this league, and you're betting on yourself to do that, right? You're going to make more money than a hundred million easily. And that might be around what you would get as, you know, an above average baseball player. Well, you can be average and make twenty. <laughs> as a quarterback in the NFL, as a yes. quarterback, as be Sam average Barrett and make twenty. Right. That's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. So that's where I think it's interesting, you know, when you talk about quarterback salaries and, you know, football salaries versus, you know, baseball where it's fully guaranteed, basketball is mostly guaranteed. It, it's just really interesting. And Obviously, 53 is a lot more than 25 or like 12 to 15 if you're right. talking about basketball. But that's where the dynamic just gets so interesting. 12 years, 430 million bucks. Right. You're committing to wow. something. Mike Trout is like a month and a half older than me. You so that's he, why that's why I like talking about Mike Trout. Do you think he's, he's like, ever um, going to read a book again? Why would you? <laughs> right. Unless it's a manual, right? I to might a boat. like uh, <laughs> a, not a no, not a boat, a yacht. <laughs> right. He's getting a yacht. That is yacht money. <laughs> right. I'm not. Uh, yeah, this wow. is nearly a half a bill. You wow. know what I'm saying? I like, would never wear the same socks twice. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. Oh my I god! Think I, would. I don't know. I would just buy a lot of properties, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, buy an island. Why not? Oh, definitely. Troutland. Yeah. Uh, any other parting shots? <laughs> no, that's that's good for me, man. Uh, I told you I I love the signing of Clay Matthews. I think this is going to be something. Uh, it's going to be something interesting. When Fowler gets going, Donald's already going, and then you got Clay Matthews to deal with as well out there. That's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I'm looking forward to it. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in to this Wednesday, March 20th edition of Between the Horns for DeMarco Farr, Miles Simmons. We'll see you next time.